the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Sharesh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. What a great day to celebrate the Lord and share your faith. Let's pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you, and what a great season to be alive, O oh Lord, as, as you have given us so much to appreciate. And Lord, Hanukkah and Christmas, Lord, and right after Thanksgiving, these are times that we focus on you and just, we're thankful, we're blessed, we're encouraged. And even with the chaos all around our country, we just say, Lord, thank you. Thank you, Father. And we pray that this show will, will be a blessing to everybody who hears at this program and that you will be glorified. So we love you, we praise you, and honor you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You know, it is important to understand that the more celebrations we have that focus on the Lord, the more we remember. The more we, we remember Him, right? And the more we observe and focus on God, and the more we're thankful for who He is in our life. So I pray that many of you are feeling the same way, and, and you are using our Hanukkah Haggadah, and if you aren't, there's still a few days left you can. So if you call the office tomorrow and speak to Karen at 813-831-5673, we can either send some Haggadahs out to you immediately, or you can just get the link from her and uh, use your computer or your phone to Look at our Hanukkah Haggadah. It will definitely bless you, and I think it'll, it'll just offer you a lot of opportunity to focus on the Lord. It's also great for outreach, and if you have people over, it will definitely get you in, in the right uh, direction in terms of conversation. Now, remember, uh, we talked about Hanukkah last week, and we mentioned that on the menorah, the Hanukkah menorah, 
which uh, has nine candles, and the shamus is the highest, and yet it lights the others. So it reminds us of our relationship with Yeshua, that Yeshua is the highest, he lights, our, but he comes as a servant, right? Okay. So I'm not going to go over everything we talked about last week, obviously, but, um, you know, our light is a reflection of Yeshua, and and Hanukkah is a celebration of lights. That's one of its, the names that it's called. And so we need to serve others by passing on our light to them, correct? So last week I mentioned that there are a number of themes of Hanukkah, deliverance, God delivering his Jewish people, being cleansed, uh, God cleansed uh, the, the Maccabees, cleansing the temple, and we are to cleanse our temple for God. We are, number three, to dedicate. Uh, In fact, Hanukkah means dedication. So we are to dedicate ourselves to the Lord and to our temple, right? Making him number one. Number four uh, in, in my themes is that we are to be a light. As I mentioned, Hanukkah is called celebration of lights. And so we're to get that understanding of being a light to the world. And five, the shamus represents servanthood. Uh, even though Yeshua is higher, but he serves us by bringing us our light. And so Hanukkah teaches us to serve. No matter what position we're placed in, we are to serve with great joy and the light of Yeshua. Amen? Amen. And so there's a kind of a sequence to these themes. We're delivered, then we cleanse ourselves, then we dedicate our lives to the Lord, and then we become a light to the nations for God's glory by becoming a servant. Amen. Now, besides that, we got into a little bit of the fact that in Hanukkah, the temple was defiled, and our temple also gets defiled, and we were talking about what defiles our temple. So there's a spiritual war going on. You know it, right? And and though we don't see it, it's there. By by the way, years ago, I read this amazing book, which I'm constantly, even to this day, recommending, This Present Darkness. And if you haven't read it, please read it. It will open up your eyes to the spiritual warfare, to what is going on in the heavenlies while we see what is going on on earth. So uh, it's a great book. It's an exciting book. It is not boring a bit. It's not a preachy book. It's it's, it's, it's just an amazing book. You'll love it. Your kids will love it. It's, It's a great book for everybody. Now, this warfare that I'm talking about comes in many forms and and uh this the fact that our temple gets defiled so last week i talked about three of them which i'll shorten a little this week hellenism progressivism and relativism all these isms right and i briefly uh will review them but all of this warfare comes under one broad category and that is do not have other gods before the one true God. We will not defile our temple if we can keep this one simple sentence, make God number one, not have anything before him. Now, 
this attack on our temple comes from unusual places which seem to be beneficial initially. In other words, just like sin, you know, we don't sin and say, oh, I'm going to do something bad. Generally, we find something good and realize that it could help us in, the, in, in, in a little ways, and then we realize it's sin, and then it's hard to get out of it. And that's the way this, these defilements are. And these sins are intermingled, and, and though they're different, they support each other, and they give people a sense that they're doing things right when they're not. The result from not following Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know that one, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. As I discussed, these five defilements, sins, they might seem good because we are leaning on our own understanding. We're not trusting God and his word. We're not acknowledging him. The result is following the world rather than God, even though we're believers. So as we celebrate and talk about Hanukkah and dedicating our lives to the Lord, this is what keeps us from not dedicating our lives to the Lord. Hellenism, number one, importing a culture more important than the culture of God. It's kind of ironic that our freedom as Americans lead us away from God. It's subliminal, but it's true. We know it's happening. That's why it's deceptive. We made the American culture more important than the culture of God. And so our phones, our Facebook, our TV, our movies, all of this stuff has the potential to to defile us. It's almost like we've been seduced by our own culture. Secondly, progressivism, and that's importing world's knowledge over God's wisdom and knowledge, becoming more modern. And this is the idea of, you know, that, for instance, let's try uh, living together before we get married, or the idea of homosexuality being normal, or deciding what gender you're on. All of these things are progressive, where we've imported the world's knowledge over God's knowledge. And one of the characteristics of being a progressive is that you're extremely tolerant, except of the people who disagree with you. <laughs> and to then, all of a sudden, we are haters, and so all tolerance is gone. Three, relativism. Truth changes our, our culture. Uh, in other words, the truth it changes in our culture. That's a better way of saying it. In other words, what was truth yesterday might not be truth to the truth today. The definition of sin is different from the 20th century to the 21st century. Again, adultery, homosexuality, they used to be crimes. Now they're not. Um, relativism leads you to being your own God and deciding what truth is because it's based on your culture and the time you're living in. So we redefine truth in relativism, which makes no sense because in order for truth to really be truth, it can't be changed. That's why God's word is critical for our foundation and the foundation of our country. God's word is truth. 
It never changes. Okay. So then we have number four, and that's emotionalism. Okay. Don't get emotional while I talk about this. (laughs) Allowing our needs and desires to direct our thinking, our speech, and our actions. Now, look, obviously this can be a good thing, but just like all good things, it can be used not only against us, but against God. So self-centered behavior. A woman should have a choice about ending an unborn baby's life because of the way she feels. You know, she feels she doesn't have enough money. It will ruin her life, whatever. So this is crazy, right? Or our character changes because our feelings, instead of our feelings being led by our character. So what should we, should we change our character because of our feelings? No, of course not. How often have you heard someone say, the God I serve wouldn't allow that or do that? Sometimes God makes us uncomfortable. He punishes us. He allows bad things to happen to good people. He allows suffering in the world. So, you know, I mentioned that many of these things start off great with intentions, but they lose their way. They, they become wrong. So at, let me give you an example. The Me Too movement. The Me Too movement was founded in 2006 to help survivors of sexual violence, particularly black women and girls and other young women of color from low-wealth communities, find pathways to healing. That's amazing, right? It's great. Everybody should support that. However, emotions got involved, and now they are politically the the police you know they they make all the decisions right they it's and and they've made such bad cultural decisions because they've allowed their emotions to get involved instead of sticking to their original vision look the whole area of gender identity is about emotions i understand that many people believe that it is not a choice but this is how we're made and you know what okay Let's say this is how we were made. Yes, we don't have to argue about that. But we have to take our feelings under God and his direction. In other words, what he wants. And so when we act on feelings, we usually go the wrong direction, do something wrong, and we rationalize it and say it's correct. When you lie about something... You do it because of an emotion that says if you don't lie, you'll get hurt, right? There's fear involved. It it hits your emotions. Should we say that lying is okay because we don't want the person who lied to feel bad about themselves? If I have strong urges to have sex, should I be allowed to force girls to have sex because this is how God made me (laughs) with all these urges? (laughs) No. No. We are still saying, thank the Lord, that we are to take our urges and we are to control them and not allow our emotions to be our guide, right? We still understand that a pedophile is an adult who is sexually attracted to young children and depending on how they act on that attraction, it's against the law. Well, thank the Lord for that, but that'll probably change also soon. 
because our emotions, it, it's, it's, how is this different from allowing your tendencies to cause you to be gay or transvestite? Uh, the more we give into our emotions, we will do things that are against God. Even the emotion of greed causes us to mishandle money. And so people at the highest levels steal. Uh, sometimes our emotions for power cause us to do things awful. I, I mean, look at our politics This is all emotion-driven. Okay, you ready to write this down? I love this quote. It's by Abraham Joshua Heschel. He was a Polish-born American rabbi and one of the leading Jewish theologians and Jewish philosophers in the 20th century. Not not a Messianic Jew, by the way. But look, listen to what he said. He said, self-respect is the root of discipline. The sense of dignity grows with the ability to say no to oneself. Okay, that's so good, I'm going to repeat it. <laughs> I love this quote. It's so true. It's, I mean, you've got to love it, right? Self-respect is the root of discipline. The sense of dignity grows with the ability to say no to oneself. Wow, that is amazing. Okay, the last ism of of our discussion is called super spiritualism. (laughs) And you do not have to be accountable or submitted to anyone because God has spoken to you. And that's the end of the discussion. I believe that's super super spiritualism. Now, look, we see this with believers in Yeshua. We see this in cults, and it helps you not look at your own issues. It helps you not to look at reality. But stop here for a second. There is a fine line here because we should and we do hear from God. So we should be teachable under authority of Scripture, under authority at least of somebody we know who is also a strong believer. What I'm saying is that when we use spiritualism to mask uh, our problems or our wrong decisions, it's a very, very fine line because God is obviously speaking to us, and we can say, well, God told me that. So this is a very difficult one, and it may be, for the body of believers, it can be the most deceptive. That's why we need other people in our lives to help steer us and, and be able to discuss things and communicate rather than just say, God told me that that's the end of the discussion. We don't need more Lone Rangers, right? <laughs> God has put us together on this earth to work out our issues. Yes, God has put us on this earth to glorify him. He also gave us the second commandment, which is to love our neighbor. As we figure out what love looks like and sounds like and acts like, we glorify God. So these isms drive us away from God. They defile our temple. 
God wants us to dedicate ourselves to him so that we can stay on the right path, the straight path, the path that leads to abundance rather than destruction. At this evening, uh, which is the fourth evening, the fourth night of Hanukkah, would you use it to dedicate yourself to God and have no other gods before him? As we end the Hanukkah season, let me suggest to you two scriptures that if you keep them in mind, it will help you. It will help you dedicate your life to the Lord. Okay, so the first one is Galatians 5, 13 and 14. Brothers and sisters, you were called to freedom. Only do not let your freedom become an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole Torah can be summed up in a single saying, love your neighbor as yourself. Now, this is an interesting scripture because one of the themes of Hanukkah is God delivers us from the bondage of slavery and gives us freedom. However, this scripture is talking about not taking our freedom for granted and not using it as an opportunity to do the wrong things. Would that be a great discussion in your family and friends as you celebrate this fourth night of Hanukkah? I think so. In verse 14, we see that the Torah can be summed up by love your neighbor as yourself. If you have a Jewish friend over, what an interesting discussion that this would be about freedom and bondage and, 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 you know, that we have the freedom, but we have to use it to love one another. Do this, and you will show that you're dedicated to the Lord. And let me get to the second scripture quickly. Philippians 2, 5 through 7. Have this attitude in yourselves, which also was in Messiah Yeshua, who through existing in the form of God did not consider being equal to God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, becoming the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man. So my question to you is, what does it look like when we empty ourselves, right? What do you do when you empty? What what do you empty yourselves of? I'll tell you what you should empty yourself of. Your emotions and and focus on God and his will. I believe it's your will, your emotions that you ha- and your desires that you got to get empty of. And and the question is will you do that? Will you empty yourself? Will you follow Yeshua and be an example? That would be dedication. Hanukkah means dedication. Let us dedicate ourselves to him. You know, this is all the time we have for today, but I just want to Wet your appetite for next week. Next week, we are going to have some serious, provocative discussion. As Hanukkah is about activating your faith and dedication to the Lord, how should we react in today's world? Now, maybe the subject doesn't sound provocative, but you won't want to miss this program because I know it's going to be a provocative program. Uh, we're about to end the year. We certainly, I mean, it, it's been a crazy year, right? We certainly could use your financial support. It would help us a lot. We don't have business advertising to give us a revenue stream. So we depend completely on you and your generosity at this time of the year. I try and 
send out things to you, give you things for free or at my cost, like Haggadahs and, and other things. We'll be doing something next week as well to try and, and, and help your, your walk with the Lord. Also, we'd love for you to come to services Friday and night and Saturday morning. But if you can't come to services, watch us online at Facebook. Look at Shresh David Tampa online. We'd love for you to do that. That's Friday night uh, at 7.30, Saturday at 11. And, you know, even Tuesday evening at 6.30, we pray for um, the United States and for Israel and for the world. So please, if you have any questions, call Karen at 813-831-5673. I pray for all of you who are listening to this broadcast that you will grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. We pray blessings upon you in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah. Yeshua HaMashiach Lion of Judah The God of Israel